blessings of creation, the abundance of everything that you give us, and the hope that you give us in Christ. Help us, dear Lord, to be grateful for that abundance and to seek it inside of us that we may be fruitful for your good and loving purpose. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock, or our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Amen. Jesse may or may not get the slides working, but you not. No, I got, I got it working. It's just, it was being slow. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad. And I'm glad to see all of you folks here today. And after what I thought would be a quiet week, not, I was here, there, and everywhere trying to catch up with things and to meet commitments. And sometimes my commitments are things like pick up vegetable juice at the supermarket, right? Now, there are generally two kinds of people in the supermarket. The type who picks up what they came for and the type who picks up what they find, right? Now, I tend to pick up things that I came for, but that doesn't mean that I don't notice the things that people are invited to find. And so, as I picked up some vegetable juice at the supermarket this week, I was noticing just how hard supermarkets try to get you to pay attention to things that you don't need. And things that can distract you from your own life. Amen? And of course, there are countless pounds of candy waiting for us at the checkout line. And there are also those, those tabloid magazines giving us gossip about what famous people are, are doing in the world. Affairs, divorces, dirty secrets. You name it, it's all there, right? In fact, they even have magazines that will give you gossip about characters in TV soap operas. Artificial gossip about make-believe people. We just can't seem to get enough of this stuff, right? Given that pretty much everyone in America has to go through those checkout lines every week, it tends to confirm the words of the Apostle Paul that he gives us Today, in our, our reading from 1 Corinthians, no temptation has seized you that isn't common for people. Those things are there at the checkout line because we all have common temptations. Most people are tempted, at least, by some of those small snacks. Most people will at least sneak a, a peek at those sensational headlines on the tabloids while we're waiting to bring up our order. We have choices at practically every corner of modern life, and at practically every corner is the temptation not to do the next right thing. It is the next right thing that should always be our focus in Christian discipleship as United Methodists. Our faith is not a one-and-done faith. Our faith is a growing faith. Amen? We may cherish moments when we accept Jesus in our hearts as our salvation, as John Wesley did at a prayer meeting on Aldersgate Street in London years ago. But, like John Wesley, we learn from our discipleship that those moments are just a taste of the power and assurance from God that will lead to move forward in faith every day of our lives. And this 
is what makes United Methodism special and powerful. We do believe in spreading faith in Jesus Christ throughout God's world, but we also believe that receiving that faith is a journey towards the next right thing, towards becoming more and more like what God wants us to be, the God who loves us and who wants to save us through faith in Jesus Christ. And we believe that God's assurance is in our hearts not to make us right, but to make us stronger Christian disciples through trusting in God's power and not our power. Amen? And Jesus knew how easy it was for us to be tempted away from God's power. In today's reading from Luke 13, Luke, Jesus reminds us that people in the time of Jesus had their own version of supermarket tabloids to distract people. In the time of Jesus, it was the story of a brutal murder of people in God's temple in Jerusalem by King Herod. And also about people who died in the collapse of a large tower that got people buzzing. They had their own gossip about what others did that made their own sins, their own sin seem small by comparison. And that is, after all, why gossip is so tempting. It's always easy to focus on the wrongs of others so that we don't face our own wrongs. And Jesus would have none of that. He reminded us that sin is sin. And that it's never a matter of what the other person does that's worse. It's what we do as the next right thing or wrong thing that really matters. It's our hearts that have to change, amen? It's not about their hearts. We have to focus on spiritual health for us and for others, not sin. For our sake and theirs. One of my commitments last week was to head up to our state capitol in Hartford to be at a hearing about the possible legalization of recreational marijuana sales. And I stayed long enough to hear quite a bit of information. And I've posted a letter that I've sent to our state delegation about this issue on our bulletin board. And I'd be glad to discuss it with you at any time. Now, do I think that marijuana is a dangerous drug? It can be. Today's marijuana is often many, many times more powerful than what was used by typical people just a few decades ago. So powerful that DSM-5, the manual that describes psychological disorders, now lists marijuana-addicted disorders as problems that doctors might have to diagnose in their patients. And beverage makers are finding ways to sell drinks that contain both alcohol and the active ingredients of marijuana where this will be allowed. I guess there's money to be made in it, and people will do anything to anyone to make a buck, even if it might hurt people. Now, we can all have our opinions on this, of course, and respect those opinions. But my point today is this. Why is it that we're asked to consider more and more and more things that distract us from a healthy life, amen? Why is it that we're asked to add 
more and more and more things to our culture's shopping cart of destructive behaviors, like a huge checkout counter of local and global distractions. Why is it that we are, after all these thousands of years, not all that different from the people who the Apostle Paul described in our reading from 1 Corinthians? What did Paul say? He described the people of Israel thousands of years before him who were saved from slavery in Egypt by God and led by God into a life of freedom and hope. And those Israelites, they were given food and spiritual strength from the God who loved them. They were even given the Ten Commandments through Moses' simple and enduring guidelines for how to love God and to love one another. And yet, they stumbled into sin. In the middle of the desert, they ignored the good things that God had given them, and they took the easy way out, hurting themselves and others in their relationship with God. But God could love them enough to save them. And mind you, this was in the middle of the wilderness, far from the internet, far from TV, far from checkout lines, far from a corner liquor store or a corner drug dealer. With almost no distractions, people still found a way to be tempted. We all think that we've got it under control, right? We think that we've got sin licked. We think that things are cool until they're not. Because after all, we're just human. My siblings in Christ, you don't have it under control. You don't. You just don't. When I work with others to help the young people of Meriden, and I see young adults who have such a hard time understanding what it is to be an adult, and we think that everything is under control. We're just not being honest with ourselves. Amen? When I go into practically any convenience store at a gas station, and almost every single thing in that store is bad for you, and the few things that are good for you are remarkably expensive, we're just not being honest with ourselves. We're in a culture that has normalized hurting people, and it hurts us and others equally. We all pay the price in our hearts. Now, I promise worship that is joyful, right? And I promise you that the joyful parts are coming this morning. But joy without honesty is just a smiley face kind of joy, not a, a joy that's going to endure for you, a joy that can leap up for joy in Easter sunlight. We're here preparing in our season of Lent for Easter. The best and brightest and most amazing day in our Christian year. There's going to be an Easter bunny out there on Easter Sunday. There's going to be joyful children, joyful music, joyful decorations, joyful flowers, and the joy of Christian hope. Hope that springs from an empty grave. That kind of joy is priceless. And so, if we're going to be ready for the peace that passes all understanding and Christian joy, 
on Easter, we need to be honest about just what kind of stone needs to be rolled away from our hearts to open that grave. I know that we're all doing our best, and often under very trying circumstances. I know that we all have our own burdens to bear in life, and often we don't have many people to help us bear them. But Jesus is here to help us bear them. Jesus wants us to bear the fruit that comes from God's love in our hearts. Jesus wants to surround us with love and power from above, like a good gardener prepares the roots of a fruit tree that has stopped bearing fruit. No matter where we are in our lives, Jesus is ready in Lent to help us to bear that beautiful fruit of faith, fruit that will spread good things in God's world, not evil things, including the seeds of new faith through our devotion to one another and our devotion to God's world in Jesus. And it all starts with one simple thing, choosing the next right thing. Today, choose Jesus. Choose life. Choose to prepare for the joy of God, knowing that Jesus is our enduring promise for that joy, now and forevermore. Amen. Our hymn response is One of the legacies of Emily Belanger, one of our blessed members who just went on to God's kingdom recently, was putting together health kits for people in need. We think that simple sanitation is such a given in our lives until we don't have access to it. And one of the things that the United Methodist Church has learned through the years by going to be the first responders to disasters all over this world, literally, is that in those first moments when people are without their homes and without hope, simple sanitation is one of the most important things that people can receive. If you have just been covered in the muck of a hurricane trying to escape it, and you've got that muck all over you, you are prone to disease. If you can't trim your nails, you are prone to disease. If you are homeless and you're just looking to have something to give you some dignity and hope, you need this. And so we're grateful that our legacy with Emily continues as we can, as we assemble those health kids today after worship. It's an important thing, even if it is a simple thing. And always remember the simplest of things in our faith life that we do for others might be the most important thing that we do today. Right. Time now for the prayers of people when we lift up our joys and concerns. We do pray for Tony Backpack, who is back in the hospital. You may recall that she lost part of her foot to a horrible infection several months ago, and the other foot's infected. 
So she needs mercy and healing. Uh, we pray for Lisa, for her continuing healing. We pray for Grace, for her continuing healing. We ask for prayers that can't be said out loud. God, do you hear me? This person says. The living God is here. I say yes. With every prayer about that in this place and around the world. We pray for Diane Clark and for her continuing health. We pray for Stanley Warner that he might be better. We pray for Jack DeNegris, who is undergoing cancer treatment. These are all important concerns that weigh on our heart. And we are a community church. We never stop trying to love this world. That's why we continue to have this chain of love on our altar here from our last Holy Conference. We have a name of somebody in the church, and after that name is the name of somebody who we're praying for in our community and in God's world. And we continue to hold fast to that chain of hope. Dear Lord, hear my prayers. Please keep my family safe, healthy, and open to your loving words and your arms. Grant them peace. Allow them to know you and to turn to you in love. That is a beautiful prayer for somebody's family. To my dad and grandpa, we love you forever, and we miss you so much. We thank you, dear Lord, for all the people who've been in our lives and have given us so much love and Let's pray together. Lord of everlasting life and hope, we thank you for our lives right here today. We thank you for these people who have been lifted up in prayer, including, and perhaps most especially, the prayers that we might be afraid to say out loud in our hearts. For these people who are named are so important to you, and so is every person who has your name upon their heart. When we have your name upon our hearts, there is hope. And so we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your healing and hope will spread across all of these people, named and unnamed, through the grace of your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your everlasting love and strength. Give us your love. Draw us away from the darkness. And help us to have the hope that comes from faith in Jesus Christ. As we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. It is a joy and a grace to have you all here this morning, and a joy and a grace to celebrate a God who loves us so much. As part of that celebration, we now offer our tithes and offerings that God's love may spread through this church, throughout God's world.
praise and joy to the God who loves us so much and is going to help us do the next right thing. Let's say our charge to keep to help us remembering that. Let God finish the good work that God has begun in you already. Use the gifts that God gives you abundantly and see God's abundance. And now may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine His face upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord of all lords lift up God's countenance upon us. Grant us peace now and forever. And may the people anointed by God to be God's hope in the world say, Amen. Amen.